Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Hello. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. What's going on? Oh, not too much. It's dealing with a sick You sick are? Oh. Yeah, Elsie. Elsie. from daycare. <laughs> oh, no. <Already. laughs> oh, well. What do you do? I've heard this. I've heard that, like, obviously, because it just got, keeps going round in circles and you've got Pretty a little much. one going to daycare. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> So about you, what are you up to? Yeah, well, that's pretty what, much <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just working, really. That's yeah. my life at the moment. But um, yeah, other than that, not re- not much. Like I'm just trying to think of something fun to tell you. I can't think of anything fun to tell you. No. Um, maybe we should update the listeners on how it- Olive. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Um. Stop. Does she want to be involved this, yeah. this episode? <laughs> um, maybe we should update the listeners on the whole unalive thing. Yes. Oh, my God. Do it. <laughs> so Karina got into it and <laughs> like I knew she would, she would found the answer out like in no time. So <laughs> so it's it's not as like um, cryptic as I thought it was, <laughs> but it's like they just say it on social media because their posts might get taken down with the word dead or death in it. Yeah, and then or like it might get like um like it won't get pushed through like do you know what I mean like I don't even know what you call it like favorited or shared as much yeah. or something shown to as many people so yeah. um makes sense yeah as soon as I read it I was like ah oh, that makes so much freaking sense yeah yeah and it was exciting I was like expecting it to be like this I don't know like A thing like yeah this, yeah, yeah. As, <laughs> and. As well, like we talk about this a few times, but I've been in so many Britney rabbit holes this week on TikTok as well. Oh, again, yeah. Like after she was seen in public the other day and then it just, yeah, I've gone down all of these little. Didn't she get into like a fight with a um, photographer or something? So she was at a restaurant with Sam and people were filming her because obviously it's the first time she's been seen out in public since her wedding, like by yep. actual people. Um, so people were filming her obviously and then I think people filming her set her off and she had, they described it as a manic episode. She was like talking gibberish to the waiters and then Sam walked out on her and left her there by herself and she just, <gasps> yeah, was just like talking gibberish pretty much. <laughs> so wait, have you seen this? I actually did not know it was to that extent. Yes, yeah, so I watched the footage and, yeah, she is talking really oddly. Um, but then, like, the more I dove into it, the more I'm like, you know, like a psychologist has weighed in on it and she's like, you can't have a whole restaurant of people filming someone and then call them manic, you know, like, yeah, I just feel like. Oh, and no. I'm sorry, and her husband left her there. I'm infuriated. yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy, I, I just do not like him. No. Yeah, something wow. about him. And because she's posted a few things like recently and I'm just like, mm. like it, I told you, I, I feel like I send you, every time I see a post I send it to you and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, Lucky, what yeah. the heck? Like every time. And then there's been like all of this stuff about how her wedding photos are all Photoshopped and like it wasn't real and um, 
that then I also read this theory because you know how there was like this the wedding photo of Selena Gomez, Drew Barrymore, Paris Hilton, Britney, and Donna Versace. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That photo of all of them together, and then that video of them singing Vogue. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Because Madonna so, was there. Yeah. yeah. So that footage they think has been doctored for them to all be together because they've found all these other photos like of Madonna wearing the same dress months before, and as if Madonna would wear the same dress, and then. Um, then it, like I looked at this other stuff of Drew Barrymore did like a you know thing with Jimmy Fallon and he was asking how she knew Britney and she said that she like became friends with her like a year ago which doesn't make sense to me because she was in a conservatorship a year ago but no, then but can I just say sorry keep telling me but I wanted to have one thing because I read that she didn't even invite those guests to the wedding like Britney didn't invite them they were invited through like someone like else PR or something yeah which is even weirder but then I also read that Selena and Paris and Drew are all like spinning these weird stories like oh yeah we became friends because of this but they are helping her hide out like so like the theory is that Britney is in hiding at the moment like she's run a- run away and she's in hiding and then it, like Paris and Drew and Selena and other people are helping her hide out and they're like trying to cover her like I don't know there's so many theories out there it's crazy because I don't know how she knows the other I know that her and Paris have been friends for ages though like because yeah. you know what I mean like even like in the 2000s they've got photos together and stuff and Paris talks about like she was meant to sing for the president on the day of Britney's wedding mm. and she just went to the wedding instead of this I don't know this event and all this stuff so that I find really interesting this other stuff though with Selena Gomez I honestly I'm creeped out by have you seen that thing and she's got like that baby's head in her, like and Par- um sorry and Britney keeps posting it do you know what I'm talking about no. she's got like a she's got like a doll head in her mouth or something it's it is freaking creepy and I feel like um Britney keeps like talking code about Selena it's weird I just don't I don't get it I'm not you know what the thing is like I feel like if I get invested that it's just going to take over my life oh it's already like (laughs) my week has been filled with Britney it's like all that's coming up on my TikTok I feel like I could talk about it forever because I feel like I've uncovered all this stuff this week just from looking into it but wow it's just it's just mental like it it is mm, I just feel so bad for her I I honestly and when I look at like as I said when I look at her Insta, I there's something just comes over me and I'm like something's very wrong. Like I just, it is so wrong. Did you see the the photo the photos and videos she posted the other day about how she was in Maui and she got a tattoo? No. Anyway, so she's posted this video and she's like tattoos in Maui and she's standing there and then a tattooist comes into the shot and he starts tattooing her arm, but then they've like all of this stuff like the carpet matches a post that Coca-Cola post she did a week ago, the Maui background, like the window of the hotel looks like a green screen. No tattooist would ever tattoo you standing up like, cause they need the pressure of you being on the table. Like all this stuff. It's like, that's not true. You weren't in Maui three days ago. Like I, I just, yeah. So yeah I can talk about you, it forever. Cause you know, she posted, so I saw the one that post of her and, um, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and I was like, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So then I was like, ooh, like I, that's exactly when I started like looking a little bit into it. But she deletes, she puts something up, and then she deletes it. So you've got yeah. to be so quick. Like you've got to have a notification on it if but you want to like, get into it. Is it her posting? Like, I don't know. Mm, see? I, I don't just even, don't know. 
But I actually don't know either. And Mm. I need to look into it more. But that's what I, as I said, the reason I haven't is because I know it's just going to like swallow me up. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah, I know. I I still want, I had forgot to put up the freaking poll as well, whether people want us to cover it. So I will do do that this week because then I'll be able to like really deep dive into it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So if, if you guys want us to cover it, please let us know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think I've got any other news. No, I don't. I do. Which Can I tell you, maybe we'll leave it for next week. I want to do just a quick sort of like rundown on the campers that were were murdered as the trial is this week. That Greg, is it Greg? I think it's Greg. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been Um, a few information released as well this week. I also haven't had a chance to read it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe next episode we'll do like a, because by then the trial will be done. So maybe we'll just do a quick like, you know, intro, just a little bit of an update mm-hmm. on the, um, I was going to call them the missing, because we, when we originally covered it, it was the missing, missing campers, campers. Yeah. but now it's more like the murdered campers. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Carol Clay and Russell Hill. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. But maybe we should get stuck into this week's case, Lucky. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. introduce Jennifer Smith, aunt of Jamie, for a short statement. We would like to thank the community for their continued love and support of our family during this extremely difficult time. It was amazing to see the outpouring of love at the vigil the other night for our sweet Jamie. Jamie, not a moment goes by when we aren't thinking of you and praying for you. Your family and friends miss you so much. Your sparkling eyes, your bright smile, your soft little giggles. Your dog Molly is waiting for you. She's sleeping in one of your sweatshirts and will only eat chicken. Grandpa needs new artwork on his fridge. Aunt Susie wants to go jogging in the park with you. And I want that girl's shopping date we planned. I even brought your favorite iced coffee with me today. To whoever may know where Jamie is, please contact the Barron County Sheriff Department. Jamie, we need you here with us to fill that hole we have in our hearts. We all love you to the moon and back, and we will never stop looking for you. So this week we'll be discussing the Kloss family. So have you, did you, you knew about this case mm-hmm. yet? Lucky. Yeah, this is yeah. mental. It has always stuck with me. Yeah. And I'll tell you why when as we're going, but I, I, I don't know why there's something about this case that has just stayed with me. Like I've never gotten over it. Mm. So the Kloss family were made up of James Kloss, who was born on September 25th, 1962. Denise Kloss, who was born on the 21st of July, 1972. And their daughter, Jamie Lynn Kloss, who was born on the 13th of July, 2005. Mm-hmm. In 2003, James and Denise married in Vegas, which I love. I love that. Yes. <laughs> the, the family lived in a small town named Barron, and that was located in Lockie. In Wisconsin. Thank you. <laughs> so the population, I think, was only – it was actually just under 3,500 people, so quite a small town. Yeah. So together, James and Denise worked at the local Jenny O Turkey store 
and they had worked there together for 27 years. Can you, Tony? No freaking way. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Could you, why could you work with a monkey? I don't know. I think about it sometimes and think like I feel like we would work well together but then we wouldn't at the same time. I don't know. I just feel like we drive each other crazy and it's more fun like for them when you see each other after work instead of spending all day together. I don't know. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So James absolutely loved sports and would always reminisce about his high school sports glory days. He was a massive Green Bay, sorry, Green Bay Packers and Wisconsin Badgers fan and would take their losses to heart. <laughs> I feel like I know lots of people like yeah, that. Yeah, that, like you know, you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I am a really sore loser. This is true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so Denise was as sweet as they come. She loved angels and helping people. Denise enjoyed working with her flowers and feeding her birds. Her family described her as the family planner as she was the one to organize all their special events. Yep. So 13-year-old Jamie has been described as a kind-hearted girl. She was quiet and a young, I'm going to put the bunnies there, a young 13. Yep. But she loved jazz dancing, ice skating and volleyball. Mm -hmm. Jamie had the cutest little puppy named, or I shouldn't say pup, but it looks like a puppy, but a dog named Molly. And the family have said that her and Denise were glued to the hip and would do everything together. Yeah. On October 15th, 2018, around 1 a.m., police received a 911 call from the Kloss residence. Now, Lockie, mm-hmm. let's pop this in there yeah. for everyone to listen to. Okay, so as you can hear, no one actually spoke to the dispatcher, but you can hear that something's like going on. There's a lot of yelling and the dispatcher also could tell that there was some sort of disturbance. Mm -hmm. The call was disconnected. So the operator called back Denise's mobile as that's where the call had come through. Um, but nobody answered. And the few times she did call, it just kept going through to Denise's voicemail. The operator was able to track down the home number, but that too had been disconnected. Police were quickly dispatched to the house and arrived there just four minutes later. I always wonder if like, does this happen every 911 call? Like if, if someone, if they can't speak to anyone, do they have to follow up every call that comes in? I feel like, like imagine all the kids and stuff that were called. But are they, they going to do that? They're going to keep trying to call a friend on the back? Like, yeah, but this, state? I don't know. 
But you know what? One, it's a small town. And two, because you can actually hear screaming and yelling. I can see why they chased it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they could hear, just hear like a kid or something, maybe they'd call back. But with this particular one, you could actually hear screaming. And I think that's why they would have been like something's going on here. Mm. The fact though that the police got there within four minutes I think is amazing. Like yeah. that is a really quick, you know, like – Call they must have had nothing else to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's a good thing if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. So the responding officers found a horrid scene at the home. The front door had been kicked in and James was lying by it with a bullet hole to his head. Mm. Down the hall, the bathroom door had also been kicked in and in there officers found Denise she also had a bullet wound to her head. So Molly, which is the family's pup, was at the home unharmed, but there was no sign of Jamie. It took the police hours to issue an Amber Alert for Jamie as they had literally no information on who may have taken her. Yeah. And I did read that it wasn't issued until 3 p.m. the following day. 3, 3.30, which is hours later. Yeah. So the town of Barron was in complete shock. Neighbours who heard the gunshots assumed it was someone like scaring off a bear and they hadn't even thought to call 911. It's just like the sort of town it was. Yeah. So the Closses were good, hardworking people. They had never been in any trouble with the law and police were struggling to find a motive for the killings. So originally they thought that it may have been like a revenge killing by like a disgruntled employee as both Denise and James were supervisors where they worked. Yeah. People in this quiet town became scared. In the last 10 years, there'd only been four killings and now their children were too afraid to sleep alone. The small community began locking their doors and buying alarm systems. I was going to say, so you can imagine, like, everyone just used to leave their doors open. It was just like a quiet, safe sort of town. Yeah. So rumours, of course, ran wild with some people even thinking Jamie may have had, like, an online boyfriend and had run away. But people who knew Jamie and the family shot down these rumours, like, really quickly, saying there is no freaking way this was the case. Yeah, yeah. And I read this thing which, honestly, I just thought was so – like sweet and just I guess shows her character. So I think she was asked at in like a school assignment or something if she had one million dollars, like what she'd do with it. And she has said, well, she did say in this thing that she would feed the hungry and give the rest to the poor. Oh. Which honestly, like at that age, I would never have said that. I would have yeah. been like shop and like yeah, know, buy a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to think that a rumour like this spreads because it makes, like, the other person feel better. Like, this couldn't happen to me. It was she had an online boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Yep. So thousands of tips did come in, but they all led nowhere. Early on, the police department, through their Facebook page, asked people to be on the lookout for suspicious behaviour. 
quote, people may act differently shortly after committing a violent act. They might even stop doing their normal routine, change their appearance or even leave town. In the following weeks, police released two vehicles of interest and they also asked the town for 2,000 volunteers to help them search like particular areas around the crime scene. And keep in mind, this is two-thirds of their population. Yeah. So the FBI were also involved and they put Jamie on the top of the FBI's missing list and offered $25,000, like a $25,000 reward, which Jenny O'Turkey matched. So the reward was like $50,000 by that stage. So a gathering of hope was organised by Jamie's school. There was music, prayer and candlelight. And the event was attended by a lot of the community. On October 25th, Jamie's auntie Jennifer attended a news conference. She pled for Jamie's safe return while clutching Jamie's pup Molly, talking directly to the cameras. Now, we did pop this at the start of the episode. So that's what you heard at the very start of the episode. But she does say, um, just like a bit of a refresher, that Molly is sleeping in one of your sweatshirts. Mm. So just sort of to appeal to Jamie, like if she is out there, you know. That's so sad. Isn't it? And she also bought Jamie's favourite drink to the conference. And do you know what Jamie's favourite drink was, Lockie? It was a star- something Starbucks, wasn't it? It was a Starbucks Frappuccino. <laughs> and that's totally my favourite drink. So it's yeah. just, uh speaks to me. Yeah. So a few weeks after the murders and abduction, police arrested a local man named Kyle Janky Anus. What a- <laughs> Is that how you say it? What an unfortunate name. Is that <laughs> Is that right? I think that's what you would say. Let me let me read it out loud. Kyle, <laughs> it's definitely janky. Kyle janky anus. Oh, okay, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's, let's call, call him anus. anus. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so they arrested this guy inside the Closs home. What? At, yep, at two twenty a.m. On the day of Denise and James's funeral. Oh. Right. So authorities had set up a motion censored camera at the Closs' home and were notified when he entered the home through the patio door. So the 32-year-old worked with Denise and James at the turkey store, but he has said that he did not know them at all. So he didn't know them or the family, so or Jamie. So Kyle had attempted to steal, wait for it, Jamie's underwear, two tank tops and a dress. So all of Jamie's items, right? Yeah. He told police he broke in because he was curious. This is, quote, curious about what size Jamie was. But I thought and, he didn't know her. Yeah, and <laughs> thought, well, who knows? I don't know if he's seen photos and he's like, what – Wondering what size. It's just weird. This whole thing, like this whole incident is just freaking weird, right? And he says to police that he thought nobody would miss this stuff. Now, shockingly to most, police quickly determined that Kyle had nothing to do with the murders or Jamie's kidnapping. He was just a freak. Yeah, exactly right. 
old janky anus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to put it in there while we're talking. <laughs> That's so funny. Months went by and although there were photos of Jamie and signs everywhere to bring her home, there was no sign of her. That was until January 10th, 2019. So this is how long after she went missing? 88 days. 88 days. Yeah. So Jeannie Nutter was out walking her dog in Gordon, Wisconsin. Oh, my God, I said it. Yeah, I can't believe I said it. <laughs> okay. Um, when she noticed a young girl coming towards her, and this was in the afternoon, like 4.30 p.m. How far away is Gordon to Barron? I think it's about an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Jeannie, who had worked as a social worker, and trauma counsellor, sensed that something was very wrong. And as she got closer to this young girl walking towards her, she noticed that it was, like, she immediately recognised that it was Jamie. Yeah. Jamie was wearing a light shirt and leggings and a pair of sneakers that were too big for her. And I've even reported that they were on, sorry, I've even seen it being reported that they were on the wrong feet. Yeah. Jamie had no idea where she was but told Jeannie her name and that she wanted to go home. Now, Jeannie remained calm as she knew she just needed to get Jamie to safety and out of the cold. Yep. As Jeannie lived alone, she did not feel comfortable taking Jamie back to her cabin. So instead, she took her to a neighbor's home. So the neighbor called 911 and Jamie provided them with the name of her abductor. His name was Jake Patterson. She also told them that he had killed her parents and kept her prisoner at his home. Jamie was surprised that they all recognized her, like both the neighbors and Jeannie, because she had no idea that everyone was looking for her. Jamie was even able to give a description of Jake's car to police and it wasn't long before they tracked him down. This effer (laughs) had actually returned home, Lockie, from a job interview. He'd gone to get a job interview, this guy, right? Anyway, to find that Jamie had escaped and he had seen her footprints in the snow and had gone out looking for her in his car. So the luck that she was able to find Jeannie is just like amazing that they were able, like that she was able to get her to safety within that time. Cause I mean, I don't know the time frame, but it would have been cutting it close, you know? Yeah. After being stopped by police, Jake exited the car saying, I know what this is about and I did it. So who the, who the heck is this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So Jake Patterson graduated from high school in 2015. He was voted the most quiet person in his year level. Most of his peers describe him as like a pretty normal kid. He had no history of violence, although there was a news report that I did see where his ex-girlfriend has said he was obsessed with roadkill and slashed her mother's tires when she (laughs) broke up with him. So I guess there's a bit of violence, you know, there. Uh, But – he was shy and he would prefer to play video games over socialising with people. So it was a bit of a loner. Yeah. 
He grew up in Gordon, Wisconsin, in the very home he kept Jamie prisoner in. Yeah, so his parents were there? Like what was it going? No. So he was living there alone. So his parents divorced when he was quite young mm-hmm. and they moved out of the house. And I think he's like he's as well as his sister. So they all moved out of the house okay. and he lived there alone. I think it's more of a cabin. Like I will post some photos online just so you can get like a bit more like of a understanding on what the heck this place was. But yeah, I feel like it's not like a homey home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he had enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps but was discharged after five weeks for not meeting standards, whatever that means. Yeah. So on the 3rd and 4th of October, Jake was working at a cheese factory and he had gotten this job through a temp agency. Now to get to this cheese factory from his home, he had to drive through Barron. Okay. On his way to work on the second and would-be last day at the cheese factory, Jake spotted Jamie walking down her driveway and getting on the school bus outside her home. He has said he had no idea who she was but, quote, knew that she was the girl he wanted to take. Because apparently he had thought about this for years before yes yeah yeah yeah. and like something I find really strange is that he had actually worked a day at that turkey place remember that uh, Denise and James worked at but Mm -hmm. he didn't cross paths with him it's just a weird thing that he did work there for a day yeah uh the thing as well, I think this is what I was going to tell you is why this case has always stuck with me is because he literally saw her and wanted her and that was it. Like he had no other sort of communication or relationship with the family. Yeah. And he immediately made plans to take Jamie, even buying a face mask at Walmart that day. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. So it's reported he returned to the house on October 5th to kidnap Jamie but was scared off by the amount of cars in the driveway. He then made a second attempt a few days later but could see lights on and people walking around. From my understanding, his biggest concern was leaving witnesses so he made the decision he wouldn't leave any. He decided that a late-night home invasion was the best plan and he started preparing for it. He stole license license plates from a yard between Barron and Gordon, so between uh, where Jamie lived and where he lived. He disconnected the car dome light as well as the boot light. He then removed the the glow-in-the-dark emergency release in the boot, which he referred to as the kidnapping cord, as this is the thing that allows you to open the boot from inside, like if you're inside the boot. Mm -hmm. He did some research on his father's shotgun and found out that it was one of the most manufactured, leading him to believe it would be harder to track down. God, he really has looked into it. (laughs) Yeah, it gets crazier. So he wore gloves and wiped down the gun and the shells before loading them. And he loaded the shotgun with six slugs. And I don't know much about guns. Do you know what this is? 
Yeah, so are they the ones that explode after you? I don't know if they explode, but they're bigger than bullets and they're made for rifles. That's what I found out about them. Okay. So before leaving the house the night of the murders and the kidnapping, Jake showered and shaved his head and face so he'd be less likely to leave any DNA DNA, behind. He wore a black face mask and jacket, blue jeans, brown steel toe boots and two pairs of gloves. So he's going all out, like, you know. This is full on. This is, like, really researching everything. Yeah, exactly right. So when he arrived on October 15th at the residence, he parked at the very end of the driveway with his headlights off and quietly got out of the car. Now I'm going to tell you what happened that night using both Jake and Jamie's account. Mm Mm-hmm. So Molly, Jamie's pup, started barking and James got up to ex- inspect what was going on. So remember, James is Jamie's father. Yeah. So he could see that someone had pulled into the family driveway. So concerned, he went and checked it out. His family has said that he had offered help to those having car troubles in the past, but it didn't happen as often nowadays as most people carried cell phones. Yeah. As Jake approached the house. He could see James standing in the doorway through the picture window. It's like a little sort of, you know, like window on the door. Yep. So he yelled for him to get down on the ground. And I've also seen reported that he also yelled, like, open the fucking door. Oh, my God. Right? Now, Jake began banging on the wooden door and James shone his flashlight on Jake and asked him to show him his badge, assuming that he was the police. Oh, my God. How scary, right? Yeah. So Jake got out his shotgun and shot through the little glass window, hitting James in the head, instantly killing him. Wow. He was unable to get the door open, so he shot at the lock to open it. He wandered around the house but couldn't find anyone. That was until he noticed the only closed door in the house. Denise and Jamie had locked and barricaded themselves in the bathroom. It took Jake 15 shoulders to break open the bathroom door. Once inside, he found Denise clutching Jamie in a bear hug. They were hiding in the bathtub. So he directed Denise to duct tape and tie up Jamie, but he struggled. Like, sorry, but Denise really struggled because obviously, like, yeah, how do you do that? Yep. And you'd be freaking the F out, right? Mm. So Jake ended up doing it himself. Once he had Jamie secured, he looked away and shot Denise in the head. He pulled Jamie through the house and put her in his car. Now, within 20 seconds of leaving the house, Jake pulled to the side of the road to let police through. Oh, my God. 20 seconds. And there is, like, footage, like, police cam footage of him, like, pulling to the side and them, like, do you know what I mean? Like, driving to the house. Like, it's crazy to think they were that close. And And obviously Denise had called 911 when 
he'd killed James. That's yes. what the whole her not speaking and yeah, yeah. The commotion and the screaming and all that, right. So yeah. as we said, like police responded really quickly, but it's not the police's fault because they had no idea what they were responding yeah. to. Yeah, so exactly. it, like even though they saw that car pulled over, like how would they know that that's involved? Mm-hmm. So when they got to his cabin, he made Jamie take everything off and he gave her his sister's pajamas to wear. For 88 days, Jamie was held prisoner. She was not allowed to leave Jake's room without him. On Saturdays, she was made to stay under his bed as that's the day his father would visit. Jake would put dumbbells in baskets around the bed so she was unable to move from there. He would also turn up the music really loud just in case she attempted to make any noise. He would also keep Jamie under the bed when he'd have like other visitors over or if he'd go out. He had threatened her by saying bad things would happen if she disobeyed him. He had hit her with a window rod and has said that she like he has said that she was terrified of him. So so because he knew this, he didn't think she would ever attempt to escape. Yeah, yeah. Jake had even spent Christmas Day at his grandparents' house who lived 45 minutes away. So he was gone for a total of 12 hours. Yeah, gosh. Isn't that freaking crazy? And before he left, he told Jamie that she would have to hold it. Oh. So he put her under the bed, told her that she'd have to hold it, put those dumbbells around the bed, and she just stayed there for the 12 hours. So obviously he was building trust with her because if she didn't try to escape then, he probably was like, you know what I mean, like she's not going to try to escape Yeah. any other time really. He was becoming more and more relaxed as the weeks went on. The first few weeks he told investigators he slept with a loaded shotgun outside his room and would have fired if police approached him. But after no one came looking for him, he thought that he'd gotten away with it. He had let Jamie walk around the yard and even admits to letting her write a note to her auntie to tell her she was okay, but he never oh, sent it. God, imagine receiving that letter. I know. They would watch TV together and whenever the news came on, he would change the channel. So Jamie had, like, no idea about, like, do you know what I mean? As I said earlier, that people were looking for her or anything like that. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, this moron was at a job interview the day Jamie escaped. He had planned to work eight-hour days at a liquor store that was located 45 minutes away. Like, what was he thinking of doing with Jamie? Like, I just don't get it. Was there any sexual assault? Not that we know of. Okay. And, I mean, she was a minor, so I, I don't believe that these, this would – I don't know if this would have been released. Like, Even if there was, yeah. Yep. But he wasn't charged with anything. And I'm, I did see, like, a report that he said that he didn't do anything like that. But they did sleep in the same bed. I think he just wanted her there. 
there like as his although like you were saying earlier like he has said he wanted to do horrid things he said that he wanted to like kidnap multiple girls and play mind games with them and things like that so I mean whether it would have come to that I'm sure it would have but I don't know if anything happened in those 88 days yeah so on the day Jamie escaped Jake had told her that he was heading out for a few hours Mm-hmm. She managed to move the weights and wiggle out from under the bed and escape. How brave is that? Like, yeah. To just and for go- her to notice the patterns of him leaving for extended periods of time as well. Yeah, exactly you know? right. Yeah. She just took a chance and, do you know what I mean, and did yep. it. So Jake confessed that he had killed James and Denise to kidnap Jamie. In his home, they found 89 pieces of evidence, including the gun. He went on to plead guilty and claims that this is so that they wouldn't have to interview Jamie and put her family through a trial. Oh, what a good guy. Oh, He's guilty. He pled guilty because he's guilty. Exactly. <laughs> Not doing anyone any favours. <laughs> Like, what the heck? And mm. obviously they're going to interview Jamie whether you admit it or, like, yeah. you know I mean? or not, you know? Yeah. So he had admitted to wanting to kidnap multiple girls and play mind games with them. This is what I was telling you earlier. Mm. So while awaiting court, a reporter had written to him asking him a bunch of questions, which he replied to, and I will post some of them because it's crazy that he even responded to this reporter. Yeah. There hasn't been much reported on what actually happened and what Jamie went through. Um, All we know is that she was kept hostage. But I do think this is a good thing because it lets Jamie keep some dignity. Yeah. And I hope she changes her name and just tries to live a normal life. Yeah, exactly. So Jamie's attorney read the following statement in court at sentencing on behalf of Jamie. So, quote, this is in Jamie's words. He stole my parents from me. He stole almost everything I love from me. For 88 days, he tried to steal me and he didn't care who he hurt or who he killed to do that. He should stay locked up forever. He can't take my freedom. He thought he could own me, but he was wrong. I was smarter. I watched his routine and took back my freedom. I will always have my freedom and he will not. He could never take away my courage. He thought he could control me, but he couldn't. I feel like what he did was what a coward would do. I was brave. He was not. It shows she's just such a strong, strong girl. Mm-hmm. On May 24th, 2019, Jake was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences in prison without the possibility of parole plus an additional 40 years. So he's going to be locked up forever and ever. Yep. Hopefully we never have to see this guy again. So Jamie received the reward money for freeing herself. How That's cool good, is that? Yeah. yeah. And she's also been honoured as a hero at the state capital, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it must be like a um, like, like a, a pu- government house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. So Jamie now lives with her auntie Jennifer who had helped raise her since she was born. So at least she's got like that really close connection with her auntie. Yeah. 
So I read an article online from 2021 that states she's just taking things day by day and doing as well as she could be, but she's finally enjoying dancing and school activities again. So crazy. That is like for her to go to school. Like I wonder if like people at school know who she is. That's what I mean. Like that's what I'm saying. She has she changed her name? Like no, I think she's just living as Jamie Klotz. Hmm. I don't think she's changed her name. Um, I think she's just living because even when she was like like returned back to her family, I think she just wanted to see her friends and do you know what I mean? Be with her family. I don't think. Yeah, I think she just wants to be Jamie, but. It's crazy. It's such a crazy story. And to think this guy had no idea who she was is just the scariest thing to me. Yeah, yeah. And 88 days is a long time, like in this day and age, to get away with something like that. Yes, it Mm. is. Yeah. And think about it like they, apart from that, which I mean, I I don't know if he would have been found because, I mean, they did have that footage of him pulling over. So I wonder if they were investigating that particular do you know what I mean car and things like that because yeah. you know they say that like a car is like one of the easiest things to track down you know what I mean like yeah. in a murder scene and things like that like because it's usually registered to people and so on and so um whether that they, they were investigating that I'm not sure but it's crazy that it was 88 days and it, he was like an hour and a half away yeah so who knows but you know what else I think that the way it played out, the fact that nobody else was injured, I think, is a massive blessing because he was willing to kill anyone. Yeah, imagine if she had siblings or, you know, yes. like, yeah. Or imagine they tracked him down. He said he was willing to shoot at police. Yeah. Or, or imagine, like, if he caught her outside of the house or saw her where which house she'd gone into. You just don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. oh. But I, f- I think it's amazing that she freed herself. I think she's such a strong girl and honestly, like, I hope she just lives a normal life. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right. Crazy, crazy. Crazy, yes. And that is our case this week. Yes, crazy. Before we go today, I just wanted uh, – this has just come up on my news.com um, notifications. Did you ever watch Tiger King, Karina? No, I didn't got into oh, that. You didn't watch it. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I didn't. Okay, so you won't know what I'm talking about, but some people out there may. So Carol Baskin, she had an ex-husband. He was missing. A lot of people thought she killed him, but he has just been found alive in Costa Rica. So she never killed him, which is a huge deal. If if you've ever watched Tiger King, go and have a look at it. funny. Yeah, you you should watch it. It's freaking weird. Yeah, I've I've heard it. It's about about tigers, isn't it? Well, yes and no. It's like tigers is a, a subtle um, theme throughout, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like I watched a preview and it just, yeah, I just didn't, it didn't get me. So yeah. but maybe I will watch it. If you recommend it, maybe I'll. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Anyway, that's just some news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like so, it. So if you have a case you want us to cover, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. And until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.